Good. Raise your hand if you have a mother. <laughs> Good. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers that are, that are here. A child was once asked, if you could choose anybody you wanted to be your mother, who would you choose? The child thought about it for a moment and said, well, the one I already have, obviously. We don't get to pick our mothers, but I'm sure most of us are grateful for the mothers that we have. Actually, there was one person who got to choose his mother, and that was Jesus, the eternal son of the Father. And who did he choose? He chose Mary. We are in week two of a message series focusing on Mary as well as the, the lessons that she has to teach us and how we can turn to her for help. We're calling this series Totus Tuus, which is Latin for totally yours. And this was the motto of St. John Paul II. He chose it because he wanted to entrust himself totally to Mary just as Mary entrusted herself totally to God. For each of us, it is a great model of discipleship. Ad Jesum per Miriam, to Jesus through Mary. Last week, we talked about how amid our uncertainties, we, like and with Mary, need to give ourselves totally to God. This week, we're gonna talk about something which, strictly speaking, you do not have to believe. We're going to be talking about Marian apparitions. Marian apparitions. These are those extremely rare instances of the supernatural appearances of Mary. And just to be clear, we're not talking about things that could have a natural explanation, like a dream or, or seeing an image in a piece of glass or a piece of toast. We are talking about the appearances of Mary that have been judged by the church to be worthy of belief because they seem to be real and objective manifestations of God's power. And even though there's a lot of evidence to support the truth of many apparitions like Our Lady of Fatima or, or Guadalupe, they're not a part of the deposit of faith that we have to believe to go to heaven. Everything that you and I and anybody on earth needs for their salvation is contained in what is called public revelation. That is the deposit of faith. That is, that is sacred scripture and sacred tradition. That's tradition with a capital T, God's tradition, not men's tradition. That is so public, public revelation is different than private revelation. Private revelation would be like if an angel appeared to you and said, do this. Or, or don't do that. But public revelation is what's, what's really important. And public revelation ended with the death of the last apostle. I remember one time I used to kind of pray, I was in maybe in, later, later in high school, and I learned about these apparitions, we'll talk about that in a, in a moment, and I said to myself, if I could just have my own apparition, well then I would believe, and then I would know, and I wouldn't need to worry about anything else. But you see, that's not how it works. Everything that I need, everything that you need, we already have. It's already here in public revelation. So this then kind of begs the question, what is new 
with Marian apparitions. What's new? Well, in terms of the content that will help us get to heaven, there's nothing new. But I think they are expressions of Mary's ongoing motherly care for us, her children, and I think they show us in a fresh way the hand of God in our lives as well as the Father's love. As is clear from the miracles that Jesus performed in the gospel, the important thing is never the supernatural phenomena, but rather the supernatural phenomena, the miracle, that simply points to the credibility of the message. That's what Jesus always talked about. Don't get caught up in the miracles, get caught up in the message. Uh, One of these supernatural um, supernatural instances that we might think about is when between May 13th and October 13th, 1917, Mary appeared to three shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal. You should read the whole story for yourself. It's really incredible. But in the final apparition, and it's only the children who saw Mary, but it was accompanied by a miraculous sign that's been called the miracle of the sun. And in the miracle of the sun, it was like the sun began to change colors and then sort of dance around the sky. And this was seen by a crowd of about 70,000 people. But the miracle, again, the miracle was not the important part. The important part was the message. Now we're gonna have the miracle of the sound system. (laughs) So hopefully we can hear the message. (laughs) Or maybe that would've been the miracle of the message, okay. Good, so what was the message of Fatima? Well the message of Fatima, and really the message of all Marian apparitions is, is really the same. It's calling us back to the things that are really important. So for Fatima, number one, prayer, especially the rosary. Number two, conversion. That is that call to follow Jesus, her son, even closer. And then number three, reparation. That is the sacrifices that we make for the sake of our brothers and sisters. And really, is this any different than what Jesus says in the Gospels? No, of course not. Because as we heard Jesus say today, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. The point is this, Mary, I'm using the word point a lot, Mary points us to her son and her son points us to heaven. When I was in my sophomore year of high school, I wasn't doing very good in my Latin class. So I had to stop taking Latin and I started taking Spanish because I was told it'd be easier. And anyhow, in the Spanish class, it included not just the language, but it also included culture. And we were assigned a a project on something that had to do with Hispanic culture. And each of us were assigned a topic. The topic that I was assigned to research was Our Lady of Guadalupe. Now, prior to this, I knew nothing about Our Lady of Guadalupe, and I didn't even know what a Marian apparition was. So for a future priest, this turned out to be a good assignment. (laughs) The first thing I did was I read and I learned about the story of Mary and how she appeared in in central Mexico to Juan Diego on 
Tepeyac Hill and how she asked him to have a church built there in her honor. But so Juan Diego went to the bishop and obviously the bishop didn't believe that Mary was talking to him so he asked for proof and then Mary gave Juan Diego a bunch of roses that he was supposed to bring to the bishop and this was a miraculous sign because roses should have been blooming at that time of year and when he brought them to the bishop he was going to then build the church. So Juan Diego gathered up all of the roses that were miraculously there in his outer garment which was called a tilma So he kind of gathered them up like this and he held them very tight so no one would see them. And he went back to see the bishop but they made him wait and people's attention began to kind of grow because they could smell the fragrance of the roses and there he was clutching his his, his tilma. So finally he was led in to see the bishop and when he was led in to see the bishop, he opened his tilma and he let the roses fall to the ground. But the miracle, well, the one miracle was the roses, but the bigger miracle was what was left on his outer garment called the tilma because much to his surprise and to the surprise of everybody in the room, the roses were there, but more than the roses, on the front of his tilma was an an image of Our Lady that had imprinted imprinted itself on his tilma. Now there's more to that story and again I think you should lear- read it for, learn it for, for yourself. But at that point, what really struck me wasn't so much the story as it was the scientific examinations that were carried out on the tilma after the fact. Because as it turns out, the tilma shows no evidence of having been painted. Rather, it's like the very fibers themselves had, had changed colors to reveal that image of Our Lady. And then also, this apparition took place almost 500 years ago. But even today, the, the parts of the tilma that have the image are showing no signs of decay. And then in 1921, there was a bomb placed in the basilica that Mary asked to have built. And this bomb did a lot of damage to the basilica. It was right underneath the image. But the tilma was untouched. And I think even more impressive than all of that were the examinations that were made on the eyes of Our our Lady in the Tilma by an ophthalmologist. So what the ophthalmologist did was he took the image of the eyes, he expanded them like 2,500 times so that he could see the reflection in our, in, our, in our lady's eyes. And what was kind of amazing was he was actually able to see the reflection of, of what was in her eyes at the time of that when, he, when Juan Diego would have opened his tilma to let the roses go. And what he saw was the bishop and the other people in the room kind of reflective of something in her eyes, something that obviously couldn't have been done with even the finest, the finest art. But again, all of this is private revelation. So to go to heaven, you don't need to believe it. But I do think there is a lot of evidence that suggests that the origin here is miraculous and it has been judged by the church of being worthy of veneration. But what we don't wanna do is simply get caught up in the external phenomena or the supernatural phenomena because the supernatural phenomena, that's meant to point us 
to the centrality and the truthfulness of the message. And the message of Our Lady of Guadalupe and the message I think of every Marian apparition is quite simple. And that that is Mary is a loving and a compassionate mother who brings peace, hope, and salvation to all people, especially the oppressed and the marginalized. And we can turn to her, and indeed we should turn to her in our needs. I think this is summed up in some of the words that Mary addressed to Juan Diego. She said to him, am I not here who am your mother? So right now with all of our needs, whatever they are, all of the things that are on our hearts, why don't we turn to Mary and why don't we pray to her using the words of the Memorare. As you came into church today, you got a prayer card. And on the back of the prayer card, it has the words of the Memorare, which is really a, a wonderful prayer. It might even be my favorite Marian prayer. I, I pray it every day. And I invite you to pray it with me right now. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.